thank you for joining us as our faithful listeners. Gina Rhodes and I have been working diligently to create as many podcasts and workshops and professional development courses for you all. And we look forward to sharing a couple new ones. Elizabeth Campoy will be sharing with us today about authors in the classroom. She is a well-known publisher of children's books in both Spanish and English, and she has renowned background and scholarship in the field of language acquisition, as well as social justice. I'm gonna let her introduce herself, and I just wanted to give a very quick introduction. Hello. Hello, we hello, have... hello, hello, how are you? Oh, nice to see you, Eileen. Nice to see you as well. Thank you so much for joining us today, Isabel. I will repeat for our listeners. Thank you all for joining us today. This is TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. I am Dr. Eileen Hale, the COO, and we have a special guest with us today, Isabel Campoy, who I know from the University of San Francisco when I worked with Dr. Alma Florada, who we will also be hearing from in another upcoming podcast. Isabel and Alma Flor have worked together for many years as authors and co-creators of children's literature. Uh, Isabel is a prolific writer and has multitude of skill sets, writing children's books in both Spanish and English as a scholar, researcher, and sorry, and we are so thrilled to have her here today to share with us about authors in the classroom. So Isabel, if you'd like to add any more to your introduction, I'd love to give you the floor. Thank you so much. It is uh, indeed a pleasure to be with you um, after so many years. It's wonderful uh, to reconnect and also to still be talking about a topic that uh, for the last 28 years, Alma Flor and I have been speaking all over the world. And it seems that the roots go deeper and fonder. And we love to uh, share uh, probably uh, the one topic in which we have put our heart uh, so much of uh, our effort and uh, enthusiasm to share with the world what uh, for us is a passion that is writing. We're thrilled to have you join with us and share this passion with our listeners. It's a newer topic for us. We've been focused on lots of technical tips for teaching online lately. Um, but because you're here today and because of our background, we wanted to talk about what steps led you to become an author? Maybe a little bit of your background and how you are bilingual and how you launched into this whole realm of authors in the classroom. Well, um, actually, I think that I realized very early on um, that uh, there was something magical about meeting people of other countries with other languages. Um, my father was a professor of uh, English uh, in Alicante, Spain, at a time in which English was not a language that was taught or learned by anyone. It was French that was in fashion. And so he had um, many opportunities to share his knowledge 
with the few people that would come to the city. He was a translator, he worked for the American embassy and uh, he was invited to many activities. And I always tagged along and I realized how important from very early on so at 16, I, with the, the you know, benediction of my parents, uh, I applied for a scholarship as a, uh, a full, uh, um, uh, an exchange student at that time, American Field Service. And I came to the United States at 16 to a town called Trenton in Michigan. And that actually uh, confirmed my uh, desire to learn about other people. And I knew that the only way to share um, lives and experiences was through language. So that materialized my need to learn English, which I combined with uh, the other languages that I already spoke, Catalan being um, the language of the region in Spain. Uh, it's only spoken by 3 million people. But ascolta is la lengua poderosa, no? That is what we say. And of course, French, because of the closeness. In Europe, it is fairly easy to jump borders and, uh, and learn other languages. So, parce que c'est la langue de la diplomatie, I thought that it was important to learn the language of diplomacy. And, and then, of course, uh, with English. Uh, uh, at home. Uh, sometimes uh, dinner was uh, hold up uh, if you did not know exactly how to ask for something at the table. So yes, languages were extraordinarily important. And that is uh, what I studied at the University of Madrid, um, where I graduated of uh, philology. And uh, from then onwards, it, it was just uh, a continuation of uh, um, understanding how to teach it. Now I, I could uh, speak it, how could I teach? And I was working with lots of groups of disadvantaged people while I was studying at the university, teaching them how to write. They were people that would come from little towns to Madrid to earn a living as um, servants or you know, helpers at homes. And I taught them how to write their name, how to write to their homes, sometimes love letters to the people that, that they had left. And I understood how important it was that everybody would be able to learn to write. And uh, one thing took to the other. And here we are. That's wonderful. It reminds me of the literacy program in Cuba and with Che Guevara, they had everyone, anyone who knew how to write was supposed to teach somebody else how to write. Very powerful literacy project in Cuba, as you know. Very important. But and and definitely when I met Alma and we saw that our um, paths had gone in very similar ways uh, in very different countries, times and, and objectives, but uh, uh, so so close, and then I I just espoused all the um, wonderful ideas of Paulo Freire. Um, that was the, the the glorious moment in which um, the decision was made. Alma, as a leader in in the um, a, a teaching uh, uh, um, the uh, objectives of uh, Paulo Freire and uh, um, social justice and. And so I, I thought it was a fantastic idea. And then we decided that together we could make something that would last, not just as long as a class as we 
were teaching it all over the world, actually, but as a book. And that is when Offers in the Classroom was born. I still have yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> you see my copy, it's right there. <laughs> now, very fortunately, this year we are writing the Spanish version. So uh, it will be Autores en el Aula that will be coming out. Que bien, que bien. I'm excited to see it in Spanish. Yes. I love a copy. You were sharing like how you created this book, Authors in the Classroom, and how we can encourage our listeners to develop authors in their own classrooms. Yes, um, it is a, a, a very exciting um, uh, process to share. Um, as we say here that our work is an invitation to come together in solidarity. We realize how important it is to make sure that people talk about themselves and listen to others talking about themselves. And uh, definitely when we know each other, we can reach for peace uh, and, and we know where we come from, we can work on social justice for all. And through the recognition of everybody's uh, voice, uh, we can do uh, the kind of work that is implemented in community. And that is what we want to do. So if we uh, uh, go to um, the principles of transformative education, um, which are the cornerstones of this book, um, are based on our understanding of the purpose of Paulo Freire and also the points that we have searched and researched in our pedagogical um, life, uh, understanding that to educate the totality of the human being, it is the precise goal that uh, we want to obtain and provide for freedom and uh, to facilitate a personal emancipation of preconceived notions and internalized attitudes of oppression to create a spirit of solidarity. And all of that, all of that we have understood through writing with teachers and understanding their lives. And for example, let me tell you something. Uh, we were um, in a presentation once uh, about the power of writing, and we were writing about where we come from. And it was the principal and many teachers, and so we guided them. These are very, very simple guide uh, exercises. And uh, we were saying, you know, the kind of foods we eat and the kind of smells that the house has at, uh, in the morning and uh, the kind of games that we do um, in, when we were children and uh, the kind of landscape we were used to and uh, the circumstances of our life. And when we did that, then we asked the teacher, would you mind reading yours? Because the exercise is based on my own childhood and life. And would you mind uh, reading yours? And with tears in her eyes, she began reading. And, and then the, uh, all the teacher, the one in front and the one in the back said, oh my God, I never knew these of you. And then another teacher said, I want to read mine and said a devastating story of uh, how difficult it was, the life um, that they had gone. And the principal said, oh my God, 
why didn't we do this before? We don't know any of these, of any of us. And unless we know each other, how are we going to address the lives of our students? So um, that, that really created a very clear image of what we wanted to do. So let me show you how so, teachers get to know each other first, and then uh, as even a community of educators in your school setting. That's what you were describing before you even talk about authors in their own classrooms, correct? Exactly, exactly. So we were this young, uh, as, as the picture shows. Um, things have changed a little since we uh, uh, wrote this book. But let's go to the next one. I would like to talk about this. It, it is Eloise Greenfield poem of I Am that uh, started the work about let's describe ourselves. And Eloise wrote this beautiful poem saying, when I am by myself and I close my eyes, I am a twin, I'm a dimple on a chin. I am a room full of toys. I am a squeaky noise. I am a gospel song. I am a gong. I am a leaf turning red. I am a loaf of brown bread. I am a whatever I want to be and anything I care to be. But when I open my eyes, what I care to be is me. And then immediately after, we asked the teacher, describe yourself. And, and, and look what she did. She described herself as a room full of toys. So she must be pretty optimistic and, and, and like a gospel song. So she must be very uh, 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 speaking of her uh, religious and, and uh, spiritual sentiment and gong. So she thinks that her voice has an echo and others can hear it and a leaf turning red, which is what we say now because she was in the autumn of her life. We are no longer a green uh, leaf, we are a red, uh, a leaf turning red in the autumn of our life, but also a loaf of brown bread, like the color of my skin. But what a beautiful way to describe my race, my culture. It is brown bread that is sacred in the table of everyone. And then the magic, when I open my eyes, all that I am, is happy and uh, uh, very sure that uh, I am going places. So based on these, people create their books. We don't have a time now. We will have it at some point, but uh, we don't have time to, to do the book uh, one by one. So um, uh, we can... Sorry, go ahead. Oops. Yeah. I wanted to just mention, as you were describing that, I'm sure this is what you do with your teachers as well and them with their students. It was so beautiful how you read the poem. I mean, the power of reading the poem aloud with students and teachers can be echoed. Like, as you said, the gong sound that can be really powerful, I think, for students and or teachers to read their own poems, uh, accentuating the aspects of it they want to be highlighted. And the other thing that came to my mind when you were describing that poem was the analysis part of it. You could have people try to analyze it and then have the author tell the real meaning behind it because oftentimes, you know, the poem might be misinterpreted depending on how people, you know, decide to read through that poem. So that could be a very powerful analysis project as well. 
words have a smell, have sound, have images, have imagination, and has bridges towards the heart of others. And that is what we want them to realize, the power of all the words that they have somewhere in them, in the pockets of their life, in the memory of their past, in the enormity of their enthusiasm towards the future of themselves and their teachers. And we want to serve as some sacacorchos. How do you call that in English? Uh, you know, to a, a bottle opener that uh, yeah, that yeah, yeah, poem, yeah. <laughs> little by little take out from, uh, uh, you know, the bottleneck of writing. Sometimes people find that that first step is so difficult and we want to make sure they understand how very simple can be. So we, we are going to pass because of course the teacher writes the book, um, reads it to the student, the student writes their own I am, and this is a page in which uh, the children were describing that they are like palomas blancas como las nubes, grises como las tardes, y negras como las noches de Teotitlan. We were teaching in Oaxaca, Mexico, this course, and it was amazing because these children of Zapotec origin could not write what we told them to write. That was an I am. They do not have a concept of I. They have a concept of we. And so everything they wrote was we are, which was a lesson. It was a fantastic lesson. So um, the second uh, uh, another, and, and we are not going to have any time to go through all the 10 um, uh, poems that initiate the work in 10 topics. But let me talk about this one, for example. This is, we do ABCs because we love ABCs. I think that Alma Flor has written all the ABCs of the world. And, and I am also very much into, because with an ABC, you have the structure of, of a book. It starts with an A, it ends with a C, and in the middle, you only have to find what to say. But that is what the change in, in office in the classroom is. We are not going to say the A to C of, uh, of vegetables. Well, we could, but it, is, it must be a topic of important social change. This one, for example, is about adoption. And this teacher chose to write about adoption because it had many children in her class that were adopted. So she wanted to make adoption a beautiful place to uh, uh, feel that they belonged and that the ones that were learning about it, that they would make breaches to the understanding of these children. So adoption is one of the topics, but we can go on and on. Another one is this, this uh, we, we could have stopped um, here, for example. Um, and we are only going to talk about this one and uh, then we will leave the teachers with a question mark of what is next. But yeah. this, for example, is a page of the book about a person in my life. You have no idea how far a person in my life book that has what? Three sentences and a picture can go. This one is about my mother. Unfortunately, 
I lived so long far away from Spain that I, uh, I, I had to write books to her. And this book is very easy. We say, I admire, I hear, I feel, I see, I know. And then you write after the verb, everything that the person you have chosen brings up to that page. In, in these cases, I admire her little hands. How could they build such firm breaches over the turbulent waters of her life? Such little hands, which I have inherited. And, and uh, it's lovely to, but I wanted to give you a little, uh, um, you know, uh, gossip about this book. One of the teachers in one of the presentations stood up and said, I read my book the other day to my mother-in-law, which I chose to make the book about her. And we do not get along at all. But when she saw that I wrote a book about her, things changed. She has been smiling. She has made a cake for my birthday. So I totally recommend it. That is one of the things that making the bridges of uh, books can do. So yes, these are the topics that we will be developing in the workshop. And uh, we have a, an entry for each one of these in a very simple manner. And we only hope that people will be intrigued enough in order to get along with their uh, mothers-in-laws or remember with love their own mothers. Thank you, Aileen. As a reminder, join us to hear Alma Florada and Isabel Campoy in person in their workshop on Saturday, June 12th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you again for joining us today. Mm -hmm.